Remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of Charles Lindbergh, an American aviator, activist, and author. Today marks the 49th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the extraordinary early life of Charles Lindbergh. Part 1. Youth and Aviation Beginnings, 1902-1922 Born into a world on the brink of revolutionary technological advancements, Charles Augustus Lindbergh was destined to leave an indelible mark on the realm of aviation. His early life, shaped by his family's unique pursuits and his inherent curiosity, would set foundations for his later groundbreaking achievements. Growing up, Charles was deeply influenced by his father's political career. Charles Lindbergh Sr. was not just a U.S. congressman, but an outspoken anti-war advocate during World War I. His firm beliefs were rooted in the idea of non-intervention, which garnered both admiration and criticism. His mother, Evangeline, instilled in young Charles a love for learning and exploration. As a school teacher and later a chemistry teacher, she often took Charles on trips, where he was exposed to the wonders of the natural world. The couple's somewhat unconventional lives, including a period where the family lived in Washington, D.C., while Evangeline remained in Minnesota, meant that Charles spent significant portions of his life in both locations, absorbing diverse experiences in both spots. The endless landscapes of Minnesota, with its sprawling fields, lakes, and open skies, sparked Lindbergh's fascination with flight. He would often dream of soaring above the clouds, unhindered and free. This early attraction to the skies was coupled with a keen interest in machinery, mechanics, and the emerging world of motor vehicles. These interests were a prelude to his future path. In his late teens, Lindbergh made a pivotal decision to enroll at the College of Engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Here, he was exposed to the theoretical aspects of machinery and engineering. However, the confines of academic learning could not hold his adventurous spirits for long. The rapid advancements in aviation post-World War I, with pilots emerging as modern-day heroes and stories of their daring feats, filling newspapers only intensified Lindbergh's desire to be up in the air. At 20 years old, prioritizing his passion over formal education, Lindbergh left college. He moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, where he enrolled in a flying school operated by the Nebraska Aircraft Corporation. Here, he had his first hands-on experience with aircraft. Starting as a mechanic and later transitioning to flying, his initial flights were as a barnstormer, a term for stunt pilots who performed aerial tricks for entertainment at fairs and other gatherings. This phase of his life, filled with daredevil stunts, parachute jumps, and wing walking, was both perilous and exhilarating. It provided Lindbergh with an invaluable practical flying experience. By 1922, Charles Lindbergh had come a long way from the young boy who had daydreamed of the skies in Minnesota. He had earned his place among the ranks of early aviators, setting the stage for monumental achievements that lay ahead. Part 2. Ascension to Fame, 1923-1930 to 1930. 
1922-1927. As the Roaring Twenties unfolded, the world stood at the cusp of immense technological and cultural change. Charles Lindbergh, with his unwavering passion for aviation, was ready to play his part in this dynamic era. Lindbergh's initial years after flying school were filled with raw excitement of barnstorming across the Midwest. He honed his skills as a stunt pilot, earning a reputation for his daring aerial maneuvers. This audacious form of entertainment drew crowds from all over, allowing Lindbergh to both captivate audiences and make a living. Known as Daredevil Lindbergh, during this period, he would often showcase his remarkable skills like looping the loop, spiraling, and even wing walking, becoming a celebrated figure at fairs and other events. Realizing the potential of a career in aviation and seeking a more structured path, Lindbergh decided to join the U.S. Army Air Service. The decision proved a significant one. At the Army's Flight Training School in Texas, Lindbergh displayed an innate talent for aviation, emerging at the top of his class in 1925. His exceptional skills did not go unnoticed, and he soon started working as an airmail pilot. Flying the mail route between St. Louis and Chicago, Lindbergh contended with unpredictable weather, under-equipped planes, and challenging flying conditions. These demanding flights only further polished his skills, preparing him for the challenges that lay ahead. The aviation world was abuzz in the 1920s about the Ortigue Prize. Raymond Ortigue, a New York hotelier, had offered a prize of $25,000 to the first pilot to fly nonstop between New York and Paris. While the reward was alluring, the task was daunting. The transatlantic flight posed numerous risks, and several aviators had already perished in their attempts. Yet, the challenge intrigued Lindbergh. He saw it not merely as an opportunity for personal glory, but as a chance for advancement of aviation itself. After approaching several aircraft manufacturers and being turned down, he finally secured a partnership with Ryan Airlines in San Diego. Together, they designed and built the Spirit of St. Louis, a custom monoplane equipped to carry the vast amount of fuel required for the lengthy flight. On the rainy morning of May 20th, 1927, Lindbergh took off from Roosevelt Field in New York, embarking on a journey that would etch his name in the annals of history. For 33 and a half hours, he flew alone, navigating the myriad of challenges including inclement weather, equipment malfunctions, and ex extreme fatigue. Yet on May 21st, the Spirit of St. Louis touched down at Le Bourg Field in Paris. Charles Lindbergh, a mere 25 years old, had achieved the impossible. The world erupted in jubilation. Lindbergh's feat was not just an extraordinary accomplishment in the realm of aviation, it symbolized human determination, ingenuity, and the limitless possibilities of the modern age. He was hailed as a global hero, capturing the imagination and admiration of millions. Part 3. Global Celebrity and Personal Tragedies, 1927-1935 Upon his return to the U.S. after his historic transatlantic flight, Charles Lindbergh was met with the unprecedented adulation. New York City hosted a massive ticker tape parade in his honor, with millions lining the streets to catch a glimpse of the young aviator, 
Such celebrations were replicated in cities across the country, elevating Lindbergh's status to that of a living legend. The U.S. President Calvin Coolidge awarded him with the Distinguished Flying Cross, further cementing his hero status. However, with fame came the incessant glare of the media. Lindbergh's every move, word, and preference were documented and analyzed. The press, always hungry for news about the aviator, often crossed boundaries, making Lindbergh uncomfortable with his newfound celebrity status. In the midst of this whirlwind, Lindbergh found solace in Anne Morrow, the daughter of Dwight Morrow, the U.S. ambassador to Mexico. The two met during Lindbergh's goodwill trip to Mexico in 1927. Sharing a mutual love for aviation and literature, their bond deepened quickly. Charles taught Anne to fly, making them one of the first flying couples, and they embarked on numerous aerial expeditions together. By 1929, the two were engaged, and they were married in a private ceremony in 1930. Their union seemed to promise a respite from the relentless public attention, and in 1930, their happiness doubled with the birth of their first child, Charles Augustus Lindbergh Jr. However, this period of joy was brutally cut short. On the evening of March 1st, 1932, the unthinkable happened. Lindbergh's 20-month-old son, Charles Jr., was kidnapped from the family home in Hopewell, New Jersey. A ransom note demanding $50,000 was found, leading to a series of heartbreaking and desperate negotiations. Despite the Lindbergh's compliance with the kidnappers' demands, their worst fears were realized when the lifeless body of their son was discovered on May 12th, not far from their home. The kidnapping and subsequent murder trial dominated the headlines becoming known as the crime of the century. Bruno Hopman, a German immigrant carpenter, was arrested, tried, and eventually executed for the crime. But the trial was not without controversies with claims of evidence tampering and Hopman proclaiming his innocence till the end. The intense media coverage combined with their profound grief made life in the U.S. unbearable for the Lindberghs. The constant public scrutiny and feelings of vulnerability compelled Charles and Anne to look for a sanctuary away from it all. In 1935, seeking solace and privacy, the Lindberghs moved to Europe. They initially settled in England in a house secluded from prying eyes, and later relocated to the continent residing in France and other parts of Europe. Part 4 European Sojourn and Controversies, 1935-1941 After the heartbreaking loss of their son and the intrusive media attention that followed, Charles Lindbergh and his wife Anne Morrow Lindbergh sought solace in Europe. Initially, they resided in England in a home removed from the public eye, and later moved to the continent, immersing themselves in the diverse cultures and intellectual environments of countries like France and Germany. This period was characterized by exploration and reflection, as the Lindberghs interacted with leading figures in various fields, including aviation, science, and politics. On the professional front, Lindbergh's keen interest in aviation took him to Nazi Germany several times in the late 1930s. There he was invited to inspect the German Air Force and its advancement. Impressed by the rapid progress, state-of-the-art technology, and formidable aircraft, Lindbergh remarked on the German Luftwaffe's might, recognizing it as one of the most powerful in the world. 
He believed that Germany's advancements in aviation far outpaced those of other nations, making it a formidable force in any potential conflict. While Lindbergh's observations were rooted in his professional assessment of German aviation prowess, his subsequent actions and statements drew widespread criticism. He openly advocated for a policy of neutrality and non-intervention by the U.S. in European affairs, especially as the clouds of war began to gather over the continent. Lindbergh's views crystallized in his involvement with the America First Committee, an organization that opposed U.S. intervention in World War II. As its most prominent spokesperson, Lindbergh delivered speeches emphasizing that the U.S. should focus on fortifying its defense rather than involving itself in another European war. However, certain public statements, especially his speech in Des Moines, Iowa in 1941, were perceived as anti-Semitic and accusatory towards Jewish Americans for pushing the U.S. towards war. This further alienated him from many in the public and the media as a whole. As World War II loomed closer, Lindbergh's non-interventionist stance and his perceived aberration for Nazi Germany painted him in a problematic light for many Americans. The once celebrated hero now found himself at the center of controversy. The combination of his laudatory remarks about the German Air Force and his non-interventionist advocacy led to accusations of being a Nazi appeaser or even a sympathizer. Lindbergh's relationship with his own country became strained. While he was once the embodiment of the American spirit and innovation, by the end of this chapter of his life, Lindbergh found himself at odds with the prevailing sentiments of his nation. Part 5. World War II and Innovations, 1941-1954 The shocking events of December 7, 1941 at Pearl Harbor marked a turning point for the United States and personally for Charles Lindbergh. Despite his previous strong stance on America's non-involvement in the war, the direct attack on American soil altered Lindbergh's perspective. Recognizing the imperative to defend his nation, Lindbergh put aside his isolationist beliefs and threw his support behind the U.S. war effort. Given Lindbergh's notoriety and earlier controversial views, the U.S. military was initially hesitant to grant him an active duty role. Nevertheless, his expertise in aviation was undeniable. Lindbergh assumed the role of a consultant for aviation companies like Ford and United Aircraft, contributing to the design and improvement of military aircraft. As a civilian consultant, he traveled to the Pacific Theater where he flew over 50 combat missions, demonstrating remarkable skills and bravery. Even without an official military rank, Lindbergh's involvement illustrated his commitment to his country in times of dire need. With the end of World War II, Lindbergh's attention shifted back to the world of civil aviation. The war had led to rapid advancements in aviation technology and Lindbergh was key to ensure these developments were harnessed for peaceful purposes. He collaborated with airlines and aircraft manufacturers, advocating for the expansion of commercial air travel. Lindbergh believed that bridging global distance through flight would foster understanding among nations, echoing his earlier vision of aviation as a tool for global unity. The post-war era also marked a new chapter in Lindbergh's life, characterized by his growing concern for the environment. 
Witnessing the destruction of war and the rapid industrialization that followed, Lindbergh recognized the threat posed to the world's natural habitats and indigenous cultures. He became particularly involved in conservation efforts in Hawaii and the Philippines, emphasizing the importance of preserving unique ecosystems and native species. In Hawaii, Lindbergh campaigned against the construction of a major airport in Maui. Featuring the impact on the humpback whales and other wildlife. Similarly, in the Philippines, he championed the protection of the Tazde people and their rainforest habitat, drawing international attention to their plight. Lindbergh's environmental endeavors showcased another facet of his character, a visionary who understood the delicate balance between progress and preservation. Part 6, Final Years and Enduring Legacy, 1954-1974 As Lindbergh aged, he began to chronicle his adventures, insights, and personal growths in written form. In 1953, he published The Spirit of St. Louis, a detailed account of his ground-based transatlantic flight. The book not only provided an in-depth look at the physical and mental challenges of the flight, but also gave readers an intimate glimpse into Lindbergh's mindset during the perilous journey. The work was a highly acclaimed and even won the Pulitzer Prize for the biography or autobiography in 1954. Autobiography of Values, published posthumously in 1978, drove deeper into Lindbergh's personal philosophies and the values that shaped his life. The work is an introspective reflection, with Lindbergh delving into views on technology, nature, and the future of humanity. Through these writings, he emerged not just as an aviator, but also as a profound thinker, grappling with the ethical and philosophical dilemmas of his time. Lindbergh's passion for conservation not only grew in his latter years, he became an ardent supporter of the International Union for Conservation of Nature and the World Wildlife Fund. His particular focus was on the protection of whales, which faced threats from hunting and industrial activities. Furthermore, Lindbergh's exploits to the Philippines deepened his appreciation for the indigenous tribes, especially that of the Tazade people. He believed in the importance of preserving their unique way of life and the surrounding ecosystems that sustain them. Lindbergh's IBC brought both global attention to the environmental and cultural preservation needs of the region. After battling various health ailments, Charles Lindbergh passed away on August 26th of 1974 in Maui, Hawaii, surrounded by nature, a fitting end for a man who had grown to revere the natural world. Lindbergh's death marked the end of an era. His life had spanned a period of incredible technological advancements, and he himself had played a pivotal role in the world of aviation. Beyond his accomplishments in the sky, his post-flight life showcased a man deeply committed to understanding the world around him and ensuring the preservation of it for future generations. From a daring young aviator to a contemplative writer and environmental advocate, Charles Lindbergh's journey was both remarkable and multifaceted. While he faced controversies and personal tragedies, his resilience, adaptability, and unwavering convictions ensured his legacy endured. Today, he is remembered not 
just for the distance he covered, but also for the depth of his contributions on the ground, touching the lives and shaping perspectives in a myriad of different ways throughout modern society. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Charles Lindbergh, an American aviator and political advocate whose life spans much more than what he did in public. He's also who died today, August 26th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Charles Lindbergh looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you were listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.